Welcome everyone to the Regroup podcast after what was an absolutely thrilling rally Finland. We were all on the edge of our seats all around the world. I certainly was in commentary. It was a brilliant, brilliant weekend. Great result for Oitanak extending his lead in the Drivers' Championship, but so much to talk about after it. And I'm happy to say that my partner in crime on All Live, Emer Penland, joins me now to have a quick chat about Rally Finland. Morning to you, Ems. Good morning, Bex. And have you recovered from Rally Finland? The ups and downs, the drama, the thrills, the small gaps in time. Everything's just a tenth of a second in my life now, it seems. <laughs> How about you? Just about the adrenaline levels were through the roof on Sunday in Finland. Well, all weekend, to be fair, but they've dipped and ebbed away now, so I'm back to normal. <laughs> Feeling quite normal out there. I have to say, it's definitely one of the most exciting rally Finlands I can remember. I've done 17 of them, I think, in total over the years, maybe 18, I'm not quite sure. But I can't remember an event like that where we saw the gaps in time tenths of a second between our drivers through the stages and overall as well. You didn't quite know how much tighter it could possibly get out there. No, quite incredible, wasn't it? And it just goes to show, Bex, they are on the limit. You just physically can't go any faster in the current cars. They're super fast and everybody is basically going as fast as they possibly can. Mm. And it's very, very difficult, unless you're Itanak, to go any faster. Oit had a superb weekend, I have to say. You know, the the frustration showed, didn't it, on Friday. Friday morning, first on the road, great. He was leading the rally going into the midpoint of the day. Then in the afternoon, he was struggling a bit with his road position then with the ruts that were appearing in the stages. And you, you could feel the frustration. And I think he described the weekend best out of all the drivers. It was intense. He said it was, it was an intense battle. And last year, he had quite a winning margin. This year, not as big, and it took a while to build that margin. But it was intense, wasn't it? Yeah, but to do what he did from the front, that was the standout thing for me for Itanak's performance. You know, first on the road, sweeping, it couldn't have been a tougher event for him. And uh, to pull that performance out of the bag, quite incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. And I think, you know, a lot of people will be looking at him thinking now with a 22-point advantage in the Drivers' Championship over OGA, is now he starting to run away with it? Or will it all turn on its head in Germany in, in two weeks' time? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, if you follow last year's pattern, he wins in Germany and then he goes to Turkey, he wins there. And then at that point, I would say championship over. But, you know, that's two rallies away. And uh, as we've already seen this year, anything can happen. It really can. Anything can happen out there. You know, you look through the the title contenders, Ogier, not having the best of weekends out there, it's it's not what he expected, certainly, but he still manages to walk away with good points in the bag and he did work his way up the leaderboard. But for Newville, gosh, a frustrating weekend because he couldn't seem to make any headway into the drivers in front of him. And then eventually Craig Breen having to take a penalty to drop back to allow Newville to move up. Not what Thierry wanted, but I'm sure he's thinking now, Germany. Germany is the one I can turn it around at. Yeah, but 
It wasn't so bad, Bex, at the end of the weekend. Still third in the championship, obviously. He's only yeah. three points behind Ogier in the championship. And you're right, he's going into Germany. He's going to feel confident. I think it was a pretty good salvage operation for Thierry. Um, talking to him at lunchtime on Friday, it was all doom and gloom. I thought, oh, my God, it's going to be a terrible weekend. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Craig Breen. And the team and his performance, he did a pretty good job of uh, getting some decent points in the end. Mm, yeah, he did, to be fair. And the three title contenders in it carry on with, I'm sure, still massive confidence because they're all that way built. But for Oit with that advantage now, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Germany, whether he can continue to capitalise and take advantage of the momentum that he has because momentum is certainly with him now L let's talk about the other drivers and I, I was really personally delighted for Essa Pekalapi Yane Firm to walk away with second overall the old Essa Pekka was certainly back in business this weekend the cheeky comments at stage end the feistiness we're used to him the pace it was great to see that and I'm I, I, th I think I feel a little bit relieved for them that they got on the podium at their home event yeah, absolutely. The pressure was on, wasn't it, for Esapeka? And there's another driver who sort of turned it around during Friday. Friday morning, uh, I thought, oh, here we go. Esapeka's not going to have a very good weekend. But the car just got better and better. That new front diff he had in certainly working. He had more confidence. And by uh, by Sunday, you know, he was fighting for the win, really. Mm. It, it would only have taken a small slip for Oit or a little puncture or any anything, really. And he would have... Uh, He'd have won the rally. So, um, yeah, really delighted as well for Esapeka, Staman. He was keeping the pressure on, you're right, wasn't he? You know, any slip-ups in front and he would have been there to take it. But how glad are we, Ems, from, from our seats and I'm sure from everyone around the world to see a happy Esapeka at stage ends again because it was getting a little bit... Oh, you know, we felt for him not having the pace on the other events and, OK, mistakes had crept in. He didn't seem to be getting enough out of the Citroen, he was frustrated. But when he is getting the pace and when he is happy with the car, and as he said, he felt very much in control of the car during Finland than the other way around. Those cheeky stage end comments were coming back. He was very much on form. And that's the character we like to see. We like to see all the drivers' characters. For EP, it's been pretty miserable this year, but he was back in business in Finland in that sense. Yeah. It's all about confidence for EP, well, as it is for all the drivers, but especially for EP. And he just wasn't feeling that car, was he? But the new diff and the tweaks they've made to the car, it's working for him now. He's got some confidence and the pace is back. And you know what? It was a shot in the arm for Citroen as well. They they needed that as much as Esapeka. Mm. They certainly did need that. Uh, another crew which not only, I think, thrilled us in studio, but also a global audience. I put some questions out on Twitter this week. Who was the crew of the weekend at Rally Finland? Yes, there was lots of different ones that came in, but the majority of people were saying Craig Breen, Paul Nagel were their crew of the weekend because of their immediate return to form on their first WRC event of the season and with a brand new team. What they achieved there, I think, is is something really special. We're going to be hearing from Craig a little bit later on in this podcast. So I won't talk too much about him now, but for me, he was the performance of the weekend. Absolutely. I actually flew home with Paul Nagel on Monday morning and he was 
beaming as well. What a comeback. And like you say, a day's test. OK, they had a uh, Estonia, they had a little rally before, but uh, to get straight into that car in Finland, of all places, and to do that and then be told uh, to yield the position to his teammates so that he could get better points, he couldn't have, he couldn't have done more, could he? He couldn't have. And as I said, we are going to be speaking to him on this podcast. So that's it for Craig Breen and Paul Nagel in our discussion. Just looking at some of the answers to the questions I put out on Twitter. Gianluca saying with regards to who's the best crew for you in Finland. He said, for me, it's got to be Yari Matti and Mika Antila, a well-deserved and long-awaited podium. And hard to believe we haven't seen them on the podium since Australia last year. That's a shocker, is it? isn't it? It is. But... Um... Yari didn't uh, have an easy weekend either, you know, some problems for Yari too. But again, confidence was up. He was in a positive frame of mind, which is everything for Yari. And uh, yeah, he was at home. You know, the Finnish flags were waving him on. That meant a whole lot to him. Uh, he wanted to win. It didn't come. But still, a podium, you're right, just what he needed. Yeah, absolutely what he needed. And yeah, it was a tough Saturday. Him and Chris Meek obviously hitting that same rock. Uh, Chris damaging his rear suspension, unable to continue. Yari Matty getting away with it a little. Uh, he damaged uh, the tyre, the wheel, but managed to get it to stage end and, and continue on. For, for Chris Meek, it was, it was a tough weekend out there and a weekend of two halves because, because we saw that brilliant, confident pace and the great comments at stage ends about how much he's enjoying his rallying, how it just felt you know like it was coming naturally to him. And then, unfortunately, two mistakes hitting that rock. And then again on the Sunday, tough weekend for Meek. But when you look at the results, it was a good weekend, but ultimately a tough weekend. Yeah, it was a fast weekend. But this is what we find with Chris, isn't it? The pace is pretty much there. We know this. He was very unlucky on Saturday. You could argue that Yari hit that rock much harder than Chris did, but Yari got away with it. Chris didn't. But Sunday, I think, that was driver error. It was unnecessary. Uh, and I think Tommy had some stern words with him uh, when he got back into service on Sunday. But you're right, plenty of positives. Uh, the speed, uh, he was comfortable, he was happy. But then, uh, unfortunately, Sunday, it all went wrong again. Yeah, it did. I mean, the team are behind him and, you know, they have stated that uh, very much behind him. So we hope, you know, for some, some good results for him in Germany in a couple of weeks' time. On Twitter then, Antti and David Topping both say Mickelson and Lappy for them were the crew of the weekend. David saying Mickelson and Lappy had really mature and inspiring drives of the weekend. Antti saying Lappy and Mickelson surprised me positively. And I think, you know, it's no secret Mickelson's had an up and down season, hasn't he? We've seen turns of pace from him and then we've seen woeful events. But in Finland, he was fired up, Emma. He was really, I am going to be propelling myself up that leaderboard. And it didn't matter who was in front of him. He was targeting and he was succeeding in, in moving ahead. And I think it was a positive weekend for Mickelson. Yeah, I think he came into the rally with a completely different frame of mind. I think you could feel the positivity on Thursday before the rally even started. He knew he had to perform and he certainly did. So it's two rallies on the bounce now. And, you know, Hyundai rewarding him with a, with a seat for Germany as well. It's, it's exactly what he deserves. And, um, yeah, it's looking pretty positive, Andreas, for the rest of the season now, I'd say. I, I He's on say. the up. Yeah, definitely on the up. Uh, the M Sport boys, then we won't talk so much about them. In fact, we won't talk about them at all because I talk about them or I'm going to be talking about them with Rich Milliner, who is obviously team leader at M Sport right now. And he is going to be joining me 
in about five minutes' time, and we will be chatting about the boys, Gus Greensmith and Tamu Sunanen there. Uh, predictions for Rally Germany, Ems, is something else I've asked the great and the good of Twitter. Uh, lovely Keith Oswin says, more drama brilliantly covered by all live. That's my prediction for Germany. Well, thank you for that, Keith. But a difficult one, I think, in Germany. A lot of people coming through. Jamie Edwards giving me a top three. Newville, Ogier, Tanak. Ewan Evans, Ogier, Tanak, Newville. There's lots of top threes out there. Uh, Anti says the only thing that can stop Tanak is his own Yaris now. And I, I think a lot of people will agree with that momentum very much with Oit Tanak at the moment. Uh, but lots of interesting answers uh, and predictions. Fast Eddie says another Tanak win on the board for Germany. Uh, JD Wright, he says, would love to say Newville in position one, but Tanak is on a roll at the moment, and he really is. Germany, though, is one of those events which, which thrills us again every year. Three different surfaces, the Mosul Valley, the country roads, the Baumholder military tests, and if the weather throws it all into the mix as well, it can be such a difficult one to predict. Yeah, almost impossible. You've got those... Uh... Uh, plenty of hazards, you know, the vineyards, the uh, Hinklersteins, uh, all sorts of problems if it's wet. Oit's got the advantage of being first on the road, so if he's cut in and pulling out all the wet stuff, um, that's definitely advantage Oit there. But I think it's going to be the top three fighting for the championship on the podium. In which order, I think, is uh, the question mark. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, all of those comments coming in from Twitter there, all very fair. Oit's about Thierry, but in which order? In which order, exactly? I, I need to think about my kind of top three for Germany. I, I'm not sure at this point in time. Uh, Germany is our next event on the championship calendar. We're going to be hearing from Rich Milliner and Craig Breen coming up next in the podcast. Emir Penland, thank you very much for, uh, for joining me for our brief recap of Rally Finland. You have a think about your top three for Germany because you always have to put your money where your mouth is, remember? We have that big TV sweep where everyone predicts the top six, not just the top three. And how many times have you won it, Emma? <laughs> uh, I'm not even going there. Never, Bex. In 16 <laughs> years of the championship, never. <laughs> well, never mind. And can you just remind everyone out there what my name is again? <laughs> Bex Walters. Bex Wal Apparently on All Live this weekend, when Ems was presenting in the studio, I was Bex Walters. And then to my face at the end of the rally, he called me Jules. So I'm really delighted to know that my name does stick in your memory, Ems. There's only one Bex. <laughs> yeah, forget it. You're going to have to work harder than that to make it up to me, believe me. Thank you very much, Ems. And we'll see you in Germany. Ta da! Now, let's head over then, or rather up north to Cumbria. Let's catch up with Rich Milliner. Lots has happened over the past few weeks with the team. It, there's been a bit of upheaval with drivers not being able to compete, namely Elvin Evans. And it was Tamu Sunanen and Gus Greensmith who flew the M Sport flag in Finland. And now we hear news this week that sadly Elvin won't be able to compete in Germany. So let's find out how the Welshman is doing and how Rich Milliner is doing this morning. Morning, Rich. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> you sound like a busy bee in the background there. What are you doing exactly? In my mind, you're working on a car. You've got some overalls on. You're a bit greased up. But the reality is... 
and making ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> you're, getting, <laughs> you're getting ready to go to work then. Basically, I forgot to call you last night, didn't I? And then I had to uh, you did. redeem myself this morning. So. <laughs> I am hurt, but you know, we'll, we'll put that on the by and by. You did say you were going out for a 10k run, so mm. that is always impressive when you do and say. Yeah, and I broke my record again, so I'm happy. Oh, well done, well yeah, done. Right, let's talk about the Welshman then, because we're missing him again now for Germany, which is is hugely disappointing, obviously for for Elvin, for Scott, for all his fans around the world. Key thing is he's healing. What's the latest update on how he is? Yeah, I mean, it's constantly going back to the, the specialists, the guys that were looking at him after Estonia, because I've read a lot on the internet and to clear up clear up what happened. You know, in Estonia, we had a, a physio look at him straight away and uh, everything seemed okay. It looked like he winded himself or pulled a muscle or something. Um, so he came straight back to the UK afterwards and had a, a general checkup anyway, and that's when the... Um, Especially said you need a bit more time out to recover. So we've been hoping and waiting. Um, Finland was obviously quite soon after Estonia. So that was disappointing, but probably not unexpected. Germany was a few weeks later, and it's a real shame that he's not there um, to be able to do that one. But we're hoping very much so that uh, he can be back in the car for Turkey. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, Germany is quite aggressive on the body as well. So it's kind of best that he does sit that out, I guess. Yeah, I think he's made he's made good progress. But like you say, some of the compressions in the, in the real fast stuff in the vineyards is not what you want to be doing if you've had a back injury. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got to be realistic and we've just got to say that it's, it, don't get me wrong, it's tough for Elvin. I've heard from him more than I've ever heard from him in the last <laughs> six weeks trying to find ways to do things and he's desperate to go and do Reckies or anything possible but unfortunately the answer is just rest and uh, I think that's frustrating for him and for everyone because yeah. you know it uh, we certainly miss him in the team and I really hope he can be back in time for Turkey and and then come back as well in GB and show what he's what he's capable of and that he might have been away for a few rallies but we'll quickly forget that and concentrate more on on him and his career for the future. On a lighter note, if you've heard more from him than you have in the last six weeks, I'm I'm feeling for fiance Donna, who's probably absolutely going nuts with him being at home <clears> right now. <laughs> I won't comment on the home life of <laughs> Alvin Evans, but <clears throat> I'm sure he's uh, I'm sure he's 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 a third addition to the family. I think the two kids are about one this week or something, and maybe Elvin's at, at that age now as well. So <laughs> Donna's looking after three of them, but. Yeah, it's a shame and we hope he comes back and the fans and for the fans as yeah. well. A lot of people want to see Elvin. There's a lot of good support from the UK for him. Of course, he, um, I mean, he was having such a great season. You know, he retained fourth in the championship after Finland, even though he wasn't there. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, that's good. That's a good, that's a good result, isn't it? <laughs> great result. Uh, what did you think of Gus Greensmith's performance in Finland, Rich? Because it really was a, a late call-up for him. It, it is a huge event and... And little preparation, which sometimes you might think in some way, OK, maybe it's a good thing just to jump into it, not think too much about going to such a high speed event. But again, just in Portugal, he, you know, he didn't he didn't shame himself out there. I know he had an accident on that final day, but it was another strong performance, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the most difficult rally in the calendar for us to turn around and say, do you fancy doing it? Um, and Gus is a very competitive lad. Uh, and I think he spent a lot of time prepping for Portugal um, and, and really almost learning the stages and knowing what exactly he would need to do with the WRC car. But Finland's very different. And I think 
we saw from the times of the of the top guys that were in the fight. You know, when everybody was in that zone, they were they were finishing stages within well one and a half seconds of each other. Yeah. And uh, to get to that level, you have to be so at one with your car that you're pushing everywhere. And you speak to some of the drivers, and they're just saying that you know there is literally nothing left. I'm having a crash nearly every corner, but. That is the reality of how fast you have to go in Finland to make it work. And because the roads are so fast themselves, you know, you have to be so accurate and so smooth for every single corner, the smallest of mistakes, and you've lost out that stage win. So I think from a, from a person that's not understanding the rally completely, looking from the outside, you would say that Gus didn't have the best rally in the world. But from honestly, from internally, from us and from other teams that we've spoke to, we're all absolutely really yeah. impressed with what he achieved. And, you know, when we watched one of the stages on Saturday afternoon, there was a real fast section at the end, two to three Ks, and um, myself and Malcolm were both watching it in different places. And uh, we both kind of came in, and next time we saw each other, I said, did you just watch the end of that stage? And he said, yeah, yeah, I said, did you see how, how fast Gus was going there? And he was like, he wasn't scared of it, was he? <laughs> like, and then we looked at the splits, you know, he's he's the same speed as uh, as, the, as the top guys. So yeah. that's, it's really promising, and we've seen it in the past, that when the guys can go, fast that's a good thing slowing them down is easier bit but making them go faster is harder yeah having uh, that natural speed i suppose is just it's a given thing is it's not something you can learn essentially and he's yeah. brave as you said he just not that he doesn't care but he's prepared to put the foot to the floor exactly and i think the accident on sunday was unfortunate but in all honesty it was more of a well we know what it was we've spoken to him it was a pace no error he had um couple of words in his pace notes that he got confused over uh, and, and that's what caused it but in some ways it's good finding that out because he now knows he needs to change that so it doesn't happen again in the future but that is part of the learning process of, of where he is um, and and it's that result that he gave us that led us to, to to put him in for Germany. Yeah so he is in for Germany it was one of the questions we put out yesterday to everyone uh, kind of around the globe for the podcast who would you have in for Germany? Gus came up a number of times, but there were other drivers. Craig Breen and Paul Nagel featured in there as the answer yeah, to nearly course. every question because they'd had yeah. such a strong performance. But, you know, you can imagine that, you know, Craig's drive with Hyundai, that he's he's in there now, hope what he's hoping and hoping for another ride there. So, you know, when you were thinking, when you knew the news, right, Elvin isn't competing, was Gus the first thought in your head, Rich? Well, I mean, it's, there was probably four choices <clears throat> that pretty much everyone's guessed on on your on your poll, and you yeah. know, you'd be looking at Gus, you'd be looking at Craig, you'd be looking at Hayden, and you'd be looking at Eric. Um, and we we looked at every single one, um, and I won't I won't go into the details, but you know, um, it's very easy to read people's thoughts on on the internet of how easy it is to just ask somebody, "Oh, Craig, come and do this now that you did well there." Yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that you have to take into account. And uh, I think, you know, we've we've made the choice that we feel is the right one for the event. And Craig, Craig did an incredible job in, in Finland, I have to say. Uh, we were all very impressed with what he did. Uh, we didn't feel that Hayden was <clears throat> probably a tarmac specialist on this one. Um, and, and, you know, we've got to, we've got to be, uh, you know, we've got to be professional. And, you know, we're trying to develop Gus. And we're working with Gus for a long time. And it's clear that we're trying to push him towards uh, development and see where he can get to. So, yeah, it's very easy for people to say, oh, just go with this person who had the best result on the last rally. Yeah. But that's not really what we're about and what we're trying to achieve. And 
Malcolm's done it a lot over the, over the previous years that we try to develop future talent and look at some of where the future talent is now. And in reality, is trying to get somebody for one result going to help us? Not really. In our season, we, we're very realistic on where we are in our season. Um, and the hit of not having Elvins is probably stumped our chances of gaining another place in the Manufacturers' Championship. Mm. Um, and whoever you put in as a driver isn't going to affect that championship. So, you know, I think... It's ob- it was an obvious choice for us that we would that we would go with Gus and continue the trend because we've been very impressed with what he's achieved in the last two rallies. And if you suddenly take him out again, then you're putting him backwards and losing the opportunity to develop him further and understand another event in a World Rally Car. So, you know, I think we're very happy with what we've what we've chosen and we look forward to seeing what he can achieve. That begs the question now then, because Gus was down to be in the R5 in Germany. Who takes Gus's spot in Germany? It's like Wheel of Fortune with M Sport right now. Who could possibly get a call-up? Malcolm said, Malcolm said he's going to have a go. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't volunteered yourself as a co-driver, uh, maybe. Well, <laughs> no, I've retired. <laughs> um, but, it, it, you know... <laughs> I, I guess, Rich, you know, when you're looking at the bigger picture, I, you know, the start of the year for Gus, it was trying to win the WRC2 Pro Championship. And he was scoring points, great. Cali Rovenpere has come in and just taken all the points possible whenever he can. And for Gus now, this step up to WRC is obviously what he wants. Leaves you with a bit of an empty seat, however. And who do you put in? Who is the tarmac specialist, possibly a young driver that you would look at for the future? That you could slot in there if you were doing it the Malcolm way. I mean, we've already we've already entered uh, Eric, so he will be there. We decided to do a two-event program with him in Finland and Germany in Nuka. Um, with Gus now moving up to WRC, there is potentially another slot available, uh, but we're still in the middle of solving everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks, so we haven't got as far as deciding what we'll do there um, and. Uh, you know, it's difficult for us when uh, sometimes <clears throat> we need to make sure that, um, you know, the, the people that are going to be in the car from our side uh, are going to be able to um, kind of do what they want. And we're, we're not asking them to put too much pressure on them by yeah. saying we want you to win in the car because I understand how difficult it is in WRC2 and WRC2 Pro now. And, uh, you know, you have to take a bit of time. And when you ask someone last minute to step in for a car, it's hard because they haven't done any prep work they're not really in the in the in the zone for it and you're going to say right in a week's time you're in and go for it and you need to do the best result you can so as much as we'd like an extra person in there I think it's only if the circumstances are correct for us that we'll be able to do something and I suppose Germany a bit like Finland is you know kind of you've, you've got to have the bravery to head there it's the quickest event Germany is is specialist in the sense that it's so many different surfaces and to head into the Mosel Valley, to head into Baumholder, it, it's not easy if you've never been there before even or if you've only done it a handful of times and you have the pressure of being part of M Sport on your shoulders. Yeah, it's one of the most difficult rallies out there, especially if the weather plays havoc. Um, you know, like you say, three different surfaces, three very different surfaces, three very quick surfaces as well. Um, you know, the plans of Plata is crazily quick and, and so many... Uh, kind of hazards in there and then you have the vineyard stuff which is really technical with all the hairpins 
and then the more countryside stuff, which is which is a bit more enjoyable, I think. But we saw a few years ago when it was wet, that was crazy as well. So, mm. but I'll be honest, there's no easy WRC rally to ask anyone to step into. <laughs> Every single event is has its own challenges. So, uh, you know, we'll keep working and we'll keep doing what we can, but we have to make sure that what choices we make are sensible for us and for the people involved. So we're not we're not ruining anyone's chances of doing something. Two final questions then. Firstly, Tamu Sunanen in Finland. Uh, frustrated Finn, possibly the two words surrounding him. He really wanted to do so much better than he did. He put yeah. huge amounts of pressure on himself and then started to overdrive. And even he admitted he was doing that. It just wasn't the weekend he wanted, Rich. And is there, can you put your finger on why? Not really. <laughs> uh, I think he was... I don't know whether he, you know, he expected to be to be winning the rally or leading like he was uh, a few years ago. And I think it's so hard that rally, like I've said before earlier, that if you if you have a bad couple of stages in the first day, you just don't get the time back again. It's important. No one drops that amount of time, and if you do, then you're out of contention. Yeah. So you could put it down to anything. You could put it down to confidence. You could put it down to pressure from the from the locals. It's your home rally. You want to be quick. You know you should be quick. Um, we're confident the car was still good because we saw some really encouraging splits, which shows that we we're in the right place. Okay, there was maybe a few setup things that we changed that would help over the weekend or had helped over the weekend, but ultimately, I think as soon as you lose your your uh, mental strength at the start of that event, it's incredibly hard to continue. And we know Sunnen is capable of more than what we saw at the weekend, um, and hopefully in Germany where the the pressure's a little less and he's maybe expecting a little less. We'll see the opposite and we'll see some strong performances because he was, he was really good in Corsica. So mm. hopefully he can find that um, tarmac speed again. Let's hope so. And you're obviously making your ham and cheese sandwiches, which you finished now because the noise has disappeared. You're heading no, into I work. No, I stopped because you were telling me off. So I have to make them really quickly <laughs> when we finish it. You're heading into work. T- tell me just now what, what's happening today at M Sport. Talk me through a typical Rich Milner day. Uh, <laughs> other than trying to skive work <laughs> turn up at 8.30 open your computer read about 5,000 emails try to do as many as you can and it's half past five and then you go home again <laughs> now we'll have a look at what we're doing today and uh, see if we can finalise everything for Germany um, and uh, you know make sure we've got some extra tests with the R5 planned that we're doing so we'll probably be discussing that as well and then yeah see what else crops up during the day Well, you have a lovely day, Rich. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you in Germany. You will. See you then. So we move from a kitchen in Cumbria and Rich Milliner to a beautiful pad in Andorra and to Craig Breen, who had a really successful weekend on his debut back in a world rally car in Finland with Hyundai. Craig, how are you feeling? Because you must be on top of the world right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... uh... It's a nice feeling, I have to say. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of a lot of pressure uh, focusing around that weekend in particular uh, for yeah, pretty much since we knew about it, so a couple of months. So um, it's, it's nice now that it's nice in one way that it's passed and it's been successful and kind of reached all the goals that we wanted. So uh, yeah, n- nice feeling right now. I bet it must be. How, can you tell us? Can you reveal how long you knew that that deal was in place? How long did you have to keep that incredible driver secret? Um, it probably all came to fruition uh, not long before Donegal, which would have been, what, maybe a month beforehand or something like that, three weeks, a month beforehand. 
uh, and the funny thing was that the even the, even the photo shoot that, that we got with our Hyundai uh, t-shirts on was actually done in Donegal. <laughs> so we had so we had to keep uh, we, we had to drive about half an hour away and find a, a very non-rally orientated photographer and get and get those uh, and get those shots taken and stuff like that. So that was. Yeah, that was probably about a month, about a month before the rally. So, uh, and yeah, from that moment, I suppose uh, everything everything was building up and up and up. So it was a lot of pressure to keep on. Now, finding a non-rally orientated photographer in Ireland must be an extremely difficult task. How on earth <laughs> did you do that? That must have been full pressure on to find someone who didn't know anything about rally or who who wasn't interested to leak that story. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I had a. Between my dad and, and, and James, we were, they were ringing photographers around the place and kind of, you know, they didn't pick up the phone. You go, oh, okay, you, you going to look at the rally the weekend? And then if James said, oh, yes, beep, the phone would just hang down, would just be put down straight away. So they, they kept going until they found one. Was going, what rally? And I said, okay, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the man. <laughs> that's so, that's uh, the man we'll use. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a while. And I had to keep it a secret as well uh, for, for a while. So it was... Uh, it was tough, but no. In the end, everything everything worked out. It it did, and and it worked out far better, maybe than I don't know what you were expecting going into Finland. But such a strong performance, such a confident performance. But I, I think I said to you during the rally. You now I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you because before the rally, in nearly every interview, the objective was to finish, get points on the board for the team, and then as soon as that helmet went on competitive brain came out and you weren't happy with your stage times i can go quicker than this i can do better than this and we were listening in to you and paul once you'd finished the stage and you were pretty tough on yourself to deliver out there yeah, well i suppose it was a, it was a one-shot uh, saloon as they say and you know i had to try and prove in a very short space of time that myself and paul deserve this chance to be there so i think you know if i if i just driven around at the back of the field and you know yeah maybe played a team game and and uh, you know, been able to pick up points, it would have been great. Uh, you know, everyone would have been happy. But I don't think it would have proven that uh, you know we have our worth there. So, um, and to be honest with you, because things felt so comfortable so quickly, uh, you know, I wasn't having to take big risks. I wasn't having to stick my neck out to get the time. So, um, you know, when I was so close, then I was saying, you know, geez, Bob, we, we, we really had to dig deep here. I think we can do something special. So uh, that was the that was the reason. I suppose the reason why I was hard on myself then is because I, I really, really felt like I was hemorrhaging time in places and and uh, and just been that bit too cautious and then seeing when we were so close it was it was uh, it was a bit frustrating at times but i guess that's you know been away for so long and yeah uh, you know not been not been on gravel with such a long time as well so it's uh it's all like yeah starting to, to, to learn how to walk again to be honest with you and it, it took a it took a shorter time than what i expected and you were so close to fastest times as well that must have given the confidence a bit of a boost yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, definitely Friday morning. Okay, we had a very, very good road position on, on on Friday morning, but still, you know, Yari was was only two cars in front of us, uh, and uh, to be so close to him, uh, I, I was really happy. But whatever about the rest of the guys, you know, they were obviously doing a lot of cleaning. It was a, it was a, it was a very dry summer. Obviously, very loose roads. But mm. you know, you know, Yari who's won the rally multiple times before. One of the fastest guys in Finland was literally just just two cars in front, and to be able to match. Uh, and beat some of his times and to be you know in around the same pace that's when i knew things were going uh, going pretty okay so you missed, missed out on the stage win by point one of a second which was a bit which was a bit frustrating to be honest with you but to be honest with you it was something that i, I, I didn't think i'd be complaining about at all uh, during, you know, during the rally so 
all in all, it wasn't a bad weekend. I think we were willing you on in commentary on that stage to, to get a stage win because we knew how important it was for you and how great it would be on your return to get one. And just when it was a tenth of a second, and there'd been so many occasions during the weekend when drivers were missing out by a tenth of a second because it was so close. It was an incredible weekend competition-wise when you look at it across the board. And I know you were, you were almost in that group right at the front, just a little way off the, the tens of seconds, guys, who were fighting overall. I've never seen a Finland quite like that. It was just incredible competition. I've never seen a motorsport quite like quite so close like that, to be honest mm. with you. You know, when I can remember the last stage on on, uh, on Friday, Friday evening, um, and... I remember looking at the board at the end of the stage going, oh, that's, a, that's a terrible time, my God. And then it was one day I went down the road and I said, Paul, can you pull back up the times again on, on, on your phone? I was like, how much did we drop? To, to who won the stage? Is said, Yari won the stage. And how much did we drop? Point eight. <laughs> we dropped point. <laughs> but, on, but on the board, you were just seeing, yeah, he's faster, he's faster, yeah, he's faster. And you were just going down and down and down and going, that's terrible. But it was point eight of a second. You know, if, if you were if you're point eight or point nine of a second behind someone on, on any other stage in the world, you know, in, in the World Championship, you say, "Oh, that's a good time." You know, I'm quite, I'm quite, quite pleased with that. Yeah. But it was just, it was just the nature of this rally. I, I really don't know why it, it, it got so tight and, and so close. You know, I don't know. Like even circuit racing these days, they're struggling to stay within the tenth of a second or half a second of each other on, on laps. You know, we're doing it over, you know, 25, 30 k's. It's, it's absolutely incredible when, when, when you think about it. It is insane, and, and I mean, for us watching it and commentating on it, and we kept saying, you know, we're on the edge of our seat, but. You know, you're, you're, I wasn't lying. You, you couldn't relax. You couldn't not look away from the screen. You were blown away by the splits and then by the end times. But what's it like for you guys to be part of that? What's the feeling? Because as you said, you, you asked Paul to bring up the times again and you realise you're only eight tenths off fastest and that's nearly every stage is, is kind of that distance. Is it more exhilarating than any other rallies or or not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it really is, and to be honest with you, it, it's for for some reason that rally. I think everyone, uh, you know, ups their game uh, definitely for that one. But you just can't hesitate once, you know. And the minute that you you think about something or you second guess a corner or, or a crest, that's it. You just you know you're hemorrhaging time. Not only you know where you are at that moment, but you know 800 meters, 500 meters down the road where where everybody else is carrying you know that extra two or three kilometers an hour and. And then that that adds up, and then obviously you know you make up a little bit of time in another place, or other people are a bit hesitant, and it's incredible that, that in the end it all levels out to be pretty much absolutely the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it is intense, and, and you know you definitely feel like when you know when you start the stage and, and and the clock starts that you can't give an inch because you're going to be absolutely trampled on if uh, if you don't. So, um, I think it was a good rally to come back on in that respect. To just you know you have to be on top of your game. You have no moment to breathe and, you know, it was good in that respect. Yeah, no, it, it was a great weekend for you. It really was. Tell me how you fitted into the team, because obviously the team has a new team leader in the, the flamboyant Andrea Adamo. He likes being called flamboyant because he is. And he's, you know, he's he's pretty unique in, in the way he does things. He's he's very direct. He's, I wouldn't say outspoken, but he's very direct. He tells you what he's thinking. And he does like a hug, Craig. We've noticed this over the past year. How did you get on with Andrea? Italian food and hugs. What's not to like? I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't see the catch. <laughs> um, no, I, I really got on well uh, with everybody inside the team, and I really felt. Uh, I really felt at home. Uh, it was a really, you know, they really, <laughs> excuse the pun, but they really welcomed me with open arms. Everybody, and it, it really felt like. Uh, 
a nice family environment inside and everyone is really really pushing hard and and uh, and trying to obviously achieve that goal that's eluded them for for these last years so they're really putting everything on the table to try and win to try and win a world title and you can you can see that you know you know from right from the top all the way to the all the way to the mechanics you know everybody is pushing so so hard and um, yeah, I, I I have to say I get on really really great with Andrea. Um, obviously, my mum is is very happy considering the amount of hugs that have been given out. She's uh, <laughs> she she really loves it there. And uh, but no, I I really really get along with him well. Uh, obviously, uh, Italy is is close to my heart as well. I spend a lot of time there as well, so I really understand him. I really you know think we get along well. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed working with him that weekend. Obviously, you put on a great display and everyone is wondering now what's next? What happens next? Do we see you again in Hyundai? You know, we put out some questions on the Internet and I have to say a lot of love coming in for Craig Breen and Paul Nagel. I haven't gone through the the figures because it was just too many responses, but nearly everyone said that you were the most impressive crew of the weekend in Finland which then yields the question, surely we need to see you again. And I know you want to be seen again in that car. Is there the possibility, Craig? Um, at, at the moment, I, I really don't know anything for sure. Um, of course, it was my absolute goal during the rally <laughs> was to try and uh, not let Finland be a one-off. Uh, you know, I want to prove that myself and Paul have have uh, you know something special to deliver. Uh, you know, to a team and to to a, manuf- a big manufacturer team like that, and that you know I think we do have. Uh, unfinished business between the two of us so um, mm. it's definitely what I want uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to be back out again but I would be hopeful that something uh, something will happen again before too long How much do you look at social media? How much do you see the, the praise that you guys had out there? Do you look for it or is it something that you're aware that's happening but you don't search it out? Um, to be honest with you, okay, during the weekend I was so kind of zoned into what I was doing and yeah. uh, I, I didn't really get to see much of it, but after the rally, I have to say, the, the influx of, of messages and and, uh, and emails and texts and yeah, all the social media stuff as well, it's been pretty incredible, uh, you know, and even during the rally, people coming up to me, uh, you know, just saying, it's, you know, it's great to have you back and it's great to see you and, um, you know, I get a lot of people, you know, saying, oh, it's great to see your enthusiasm and your emotion. And I kind of get, <laughs> I kind of hate, I hate in some ways when people say that because I don't do it on purpose. Like I don't, it's not like a, I intentionally sit out. I, I know, but I don't intentionally go out to, to you know, to be, uh, to be all emotional and let, or let my, uh, you know, let my kind of, how can I say, emotional side get in the way. It's just who I am, you know, I, unfortunately, you know. My mum, well, I'll always blame my mother for my emotional side, but she made she made us all like this. Kelly's a bit more stronger than me, unfortunately. I, I didn't uh, I didn't get the stronger genes, but um, it's just who I am. I, I, I love what I do. I can't keep my emotions in, good or bad. Nine times out of ten, they're good, but uh, that's 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 just who I am. But yeah, to get back to the question, yeah, I I, I am overwhelmed with the amount of <clears throat> the amount of support that I've got, both myself and Paul, after last weekend, and they've continued to stay at my side even. Uh, you know, through all the, the 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 bad times that happened last year, through all the, the the stuff I've done at home and abroad and other programs this year, they've always stuck with me and always supported me. So it's great. Uh, it really is great to have that support. I I can imagine it is. And just going back to the emotional side, I think that's one thing the fans really do appreciate because your character really comes through. You know, whether you're you're happy or sad, you show it. There's no there's no kind of media trained PR drive a response at a stage end from you it is very real and I think that's what people like about you and that's why you have so many people who are fans because of that so please don't ever change that <laughs> if it comes a time and I hear some kind of rubbish answer at the stage end I'll be on the phone going what 
was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can rest assured that that that's not going to change. I'll I'll never make a good poker player anyway. You can I can uh, I can tell you that much. But um, I'll try and keep my emotions bottled down. I'll try and keep them bottled down. Sometimes they get out of hand, and once once this whole thing uh, hopefully will become a normality again, I might be able to, to top them a little bit. But they'll still be there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and ho- hopefully it will become a normality, and you will be back in a seat full time. And I, I know you're working towards that, and you you're not sure whether. You will have another drive this year. We're all hoping that you will. And there's all kinds of theories floating around social media as to when we will see you again. But the big goal is obviously to get back full time for next year. That will be the dream now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've missed it. I've really dearly missed it. Um, I've I've got to take uh, a few things off my bucket list that I thought I'd have to wait until I, I retire to do. So I've got no excuses now. I've got nothing, I've got nothing else to do. All I want to do is... is uh, is get back into the world championship again and start fighting. Uh, that's that's all I want now. Mm. So um, obviously, yeah, everybody is is focused really, really closely on that. And uh, yeah, let's try and make it a reality. Let's talk about the Irish Tarmac Championship then, because that's been a bucket list thing, hasn't it? You've been competing in Ireland at home this year. You're leading the championship going into the penultimate round, and some incredible performances on some breathtaking rallies Craig I you know I've worked in Ireland before I've known how fantastic the events are but this year it's like I've rediscovered it again with you behind the wheel there and you made reference to Ireland a few times you talked about Cod's Head and Ardgroom you compared one of the stages to them it was like them on gravel Uh, how special has it been to compete at home this year how different from from the world rally championship and all the pressure that that has to then go home with maybe that pressure lifted to just purely enjoy your rallying yeah no it's been uh, that's been so much better than i could have ever imagined it to be honest with you and that's been a huge part of of uh, of my recovery for want of a better word uh, you know that was Something that I, I thought I was going to enjoy a, a bit, and I have ended up enjoying it far more than, than I could have ever thought. So um, the rallies back at home are so special, uh, and yes, they're made special by by the roads. Uh, they're made special by the, the nature of, of how the roads flow, but it's made even more special by the people that are around. Uh, I've just had a smile on my face every single rally that I've done there. They've been a breath of fresh air, um, and yeah, it's. It's so competitive as well, and that that's something that I, I won't say caught me by surprise. But you know, I, I hadn't done anything really in, in Ireland for a number of years. But to come back, uh, you know, and realise that these guys are absolutely on the top of their game, uh, and you know, I said it in Finland as well that I've not run away with any of these rallies back at home. I think that most have won rallies by maybe twenty seconds or something like that, and I've had to you know fight tooth and nail all the way through them. You know, these guys coming behind are really, really fighting hard. I haven't won a massive amount of stages during the rallies. I normally get a bit of a break early on and, and then the guys are, are, are fighting back again. Mm. So it goes to show that the, the level there back home is is so high. Uh, it's definitely one of the highest uh, level regional championships in the world, uh, you know, to be honest with you. And the fact that the roads are so special and so unique uh, and so different, I think if, if anybody else from outside Ireland tried to go there and, and, and race them, they would be in for one hell of a surprise. So, um, And yeah, okay, the, the roads themselves, uh, yeah, they, they are pretty incredible. And, and I will always stick to my word when I say the best roads in the world are in Ireland. Um, and I think perhaps when the World Championship came there uh, in, in, in 07 and 09, they were you know, seeing these real muddy roads, you know, lashing rain for a whole weekend, roads absolutely filthy with mud. That's not the real, you know, Ireland. That's not real, what we really have to offer. You know, when 
the odd time when the sun does shine, uh, the, the roads are just amazing. Uh, and I wish and I pray someday that we can get the World Championship guys back there again and just see what these roads are really about because they are absolutely second to none. It's a pure roller coaster. Really, really is. <laughs> well, you, there's no greater ambassador, certainly, for Irish rallying than yourself. We can certainly say that. You're going into the penultimate rounder. That's your next rally now, isn't it? Ulster. Yeah, yeah, also next week. So, yeah, looking forward to it, I have to say. Uh, I'll be out in, in the in a Hyundai for the first time, the R5 car. So I would have completed my R5 bingo at that point. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I would say I'm probably the only person to, to ever driven. I've, I, yeah, once I start the rally, I will have I will have uh, rallied in, in competition every single R5 car. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, will, I think I, I would be the sole... Sole occupant of the of, of the R5 Bingo Winners Club, so um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I have to say, and it's going to be another big weekend, a big race on. Uh, you know, only only one day this time, so you know it's definitely going to be a sprint. Uh, I don't know exactly what I have to do to to, to win the title there. Uh, I know if I if I win it, that will be five maximum scores for a possible. Uh, five, so that that'd be enough. But I don't know how it works out where Alistair or Callum or, or the other guys finish. So. We'll have to just go for a bit of a race and, and see what happens. Have you um, jumped in the Hyundai R5? Not yet. No, I haven't, uh, haven't yet. Uh, I will have a test probably next Thursday uh, okay. down, down near home. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, I have to say. Uh, really, really looking forward to it and trying something different. And that's been part of the adventure this year as well, just trying all these different cars and jumping in and out of, of, uh, of, of different types of cars and, you know, meeting different people and, I've enjoyed it. It's been great. And, you know, it's uh, it's time to try something else now. Do you think that helped jumping into the, the Hyundai? The fact that you've been in so many different cars this year and adapted really quickly. Was it quicker then to adapt to the Hyundai WRC? Yeah, you know, that was, I, I won't say it was a sole intention, but it was one of my ideas as the, as the year was going on that, you know, if an opportunity did come, uh, you know, from, from a, a World Rally team to get in a World Rally car, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to, I know I'm not going to have a lot of time, so I need to I need to adapt quickly. So, whenever the phone rang and it was a chance to drive something else, I, I took I really took it with two hands. And yeah. you know, I'd done a lot of testing as well behind behind the scenes. You know, a lot, a lot of different cars and in a lot of different environments. And I, I just every time the phone rang, I was just like, "Yep, tell me where I have to be," and and uh, and I'd go there and I'd do it. And you know, you, you just try and you know from the first run you do it, and in, in the morning you just try and ring the neck of it and get used to it as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that really helped, and you know, even even getting and driving the old metro and 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 things like that, and just having to adapt on your feet so quickly, um, you know. And then I think when when the phone came to to do to do Finland, you know, I, I had a day's test, and okay, the, the lucky part was I got to do Estonia as well. But at the start, I, I thought maybe I would have only one day of testing and straight into the rally, and I knew I, <clears throat> that I had to really adapt quickly. So that was a that was definitely one of the reasons. And I suppose the second reason was I just wanted to have fun and drive all the time. So <laughs> it, uh, it it worked hand in hand. Sounds perfect. Final question then. It's the same as I asked Rich Milliner. He was making his ham and cheese sandwiches as we chatted and heading off for his day at M Sport. So we asked him quickly about what his day would entail. You're in beautiful Andorra. What what's heading across on your day? What's happening today? Yeah, the weather's good today. The weather was a bit crap yesterday, to be honest with you. So I'm looking behind me now, and there's an e-bike route that I've always wanted to, always wanted to tackle uh, up over the mountain in Aaron's. So I'll just be behind my home. So I'm going to take that in. Uh, that'll be about two hours or so. I'll pop back down for a bit of lunch, 
and then I'm going to take the buggy up into the up into the mountains. There's some really nice gravel roads here in the mountains. Uh, might grab myself a pizza or something, and we watch the sun go down. And oh. that doesn't that I know that sounds like the most stereotypical lovely day, but I, I, I just happened to plan that for today. It's not always it's not always like that. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so glad it's not always like that because I would be extremely jealous if it was. But it does sound like a perfect day ahead. You enjoy it, Craig. Thank you very much for chatting to us. I'll see you in Ulster, and I'm hoping to see you back on the WRC very shortly, indeed. No worries, Bex. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Regroup, available via wrc.com and iTunes. Join us next time.